Hi, and welcome to the Kids Yoga Podcast, the place for all things kids yoga. My name is Jessica Mujis, and after teaching kids yoga for over a decade and being immersed in the industry, I created this podcast as a warm and supportive place for parents, teachers, caregivers, and kids yoga professionals to gather. Episodes include conversations with kids yoga teachers, business owners, and authors, informational episodes on specific kids yoga topics, yoga adventures for children, and even the voices of children themselves. It is my hope that you can come here each week and gain inspiration and form connection with your fellow kids yoga community. Welcome to the Kids Yoga Podcast. I'm so glad you're here. Welcome to another episode of the Kids Yoga Podcast. I'm Jessica Mujis, and today I am joined by Cynthia Zack. Cynthia is a journalist from Argentina and a yoga enthusiast. While driving around Miami, teaching yoga to children of every religion, race, age, and income bracket, she noticed a need for education that was playful yet comprehensive, and that focused on the unique knowledge and qualities that each child already possessed. She was looking for music and books that would enhance creativity, breed out-of-the-box critical thinking, and elevate unique voices. She decided to create what she was struggling to find and created Yomu with a team of experts. Cynthia has written three books, created over 150 songs, traveled the world spreading Yomu, and generated endless content for trainings, conferences, classes, and seminars. Cynthia currently practices mindfulness with every breath, lives with her family in Miami Beach, and cannot live a day without her coffee and yoga. Cynthia, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for the invitation. I'm very happy to to be able to participate in your beautiful podcast. Oh, thank you so much. Well, I can't wait to talk about your music today. You sent me um, one of your songs, but um, but first, I, I like to start at the beginning, and I am curious, how did you first get into yoga, and then how did you start teaching yoga to children? Mm. So it's a long story, <laughs> but uh, I've, been, I've been practicing yoga since, since I was very, very young, since in, in my 20s. Before that, I was really into, I am, and still, but, but being a teenager, I was really into spirituality. Uh, I, I am Argentinian. I was born in Cordoba, Argentina. And when I was growing up, there was a military government in my country. So part of my childhood was under a military government, which means everything is forbidden. Music is forbidden, books are forbidden, etc. So that situation creates in me um, some like a, a yearning, you know, like a wanting to know more. You more you forbid me to do things, I'm more interested in doing it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, like yes, it's the opposite effect at the end. So for I don't know why for like universe was waiting for me 
when I was 16 under a military government, I stepped into a movie theater and I watch a movie that changes my life completely. Uh, so the movie is called Meetings with Remarkable Men. And this is the story of Gurdjieff, George Ivanovich Gurdjieff. The movie is on YouTube and, and his movement now is, is worldwide. But he was a Russian man looking for a teacher, for a spiritual teacher. And he went to Afghanistan and he, was, and he ended up in a Sufi uh, monastery in Afghanistan. And from there, the Sufi teachers sent him to, to the West, to Paris, and he opened his school. So that was all in the 20s and 30s. But I was 16. I stepped into this movie theater. I saw this movie. And I was like, where are these people? And I started really looking for them. Like it was a call to my heart directly. Uh, and the movie, in the movie, there is music and movement and mindfulness. Because Gurdjieff movement is, is all about being present. So I was like very interested. When I watched this movie, I was at, at, like my life changes completely. And I was always involved in music. So I, I studied journalism. I'm a journalist. And when I finished my career, I moved to Buenos Aires, and then I moved to Spain, to Madrid. And there, I found my first yoga, like uh, formal yoga teacher. I was like about 22. And I, I keep looking for these people from the Gurdjieff movement which in New York are very big. They have a wonderful house in the Catskills, and the movement is huge now. And, um, and that's where I start the practice, the formal practice in Madrid. Um, and so as, you know how it's yoga. It's like, an, it's, it's, it's forever. So I start going for like once a week, twice a week, three times a week, and then I was hooked forever. <laughs> wow. Okay. That's mm -hmm. the most interesting yoga story yeah. I've ever heard. <laughs> so I'm just so curious. So music was forbidden and books were forbidden. So did you have any um, experience with, with music, like privately? How did, how did that work? Because you're a musician now. So I'm just fascinated. No, no, I, I was growing up. So the military government uh, get into power in 1975 in Argentina. I was 10 at that time and 55 now. So I was 10. So my first years of childhood, there was a, like a regular government. And I was, my parents sent me to music. I was very, very good, very mm -hmm. talented. So I was studying music and in, in groups and flutes and music and like theory. And so the, the military gets into power in 1975. I was 10. And then everything was under the table. You know what I mean? So right. if, you go to, if you go to classes, if you read certain books, if you listen to certain music, it's all under the table and you have to be very careful. So that was my, between, the government was for 10 years, like in the power. So basically my, my, 
part of my childhood and a teenage years was this under these military people. But I, I, my parents sent me to a school, a regular school that was very advanced. The, the director was a pioneer in, in like thinking ahead of this time. And for some reason, the school was kind of an oasis. So I was going there and he really made sure we develop the thinking skills, like curiosity, thinking outside of the box. Hmm. So he uh, congregated the school first in the morning and he opens a newspaper. Maestro Jorge was his name, Jorge Peirano. And he opens the newspaper and he reads the news for us. So me, I'm very curious, I'm very rebellious. I'm a big, like, fascinated by books. I read whatever it's on my hand. And this teacher, you know how important is one teacher is, is all that mm-hmm. you need. He was really making sure, I, and he was open to debate and exchange of different ideas. So for even with the military, that was happening. Again, it's a wonderful metaphor of there's always light in, in darkness. There's always uh, good things in the chaos. There's always lotus blooming from the from the very like yucky waters. Yes. So this That's... this was happening also. Right. Well, that thank you for all those metaphors. I think I need. I think we all need to hear that right now Mm -hmm. in these hard times that we're living through and the fact that you lived through that for for 10 years and then um, have arrived to this beautiful place. Well, how did you then end up teaching children's yoga in Miami? So um, from Spain, we moved. I met my husband, that is my husband until now. He's German, living in Spain. We moved to the state. We we moved to, to the West to to Arizona. We stay in Los Angeles and then we move to Arizona. We live a year there looking for the teachers, the spiritual teachers, the native culture, chamanes, etc. And then we moved to Miami because there was the beginning of the TV, the Hispanic TV or the Hispanic media. Uh, there was in 1992, 1993. So we moved to Miami because I have a lot of chances to do my my work here as a journalist. Meanwhile, I keep studying, I keep reading, I keep learning with different teachers uh, in Spain, in Arizona, practicing yoga every day. The music, I know how to play all the instruments, blah, blah, blah. And during my, my different uh, times in my childhood, I was um, working with children in different situations. So when the military government ended, 1983, so it was the beginning of democracy, and I was a student of journalism, imagine that. And one of the radio stations go into the hands of uh, like a very progressive liberal people. Um, And I was like, I look for a job, and I was, and I create there a program called Journalism with Acne. And it was a, a teenagers doing journalism. And I was still like really putting together ideas of uh, projects with kids and teens. 
So in Miami, I founded a newspaper in 2001, El Paracaidista Newspaper for Immigrants, with, with a business partner. She's my friend until now. And, um, but I was really into the practice, the yoga, every day, every day. And at one point, after Shavasana, I, was, I feel the illumination of, of the yoga mat. I, for me, it's my best place. My best ideas are coming from my yoga mat. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm really happy, blissful, ananda. I feel that. And I, I think, okay, I don't want this to end. I want this to continue, this feeling of true bliss. But I also want other people to feel that. And I said, but I want especially children, kids, because I'm fascinating with them. So that day I decided to start my formal 200 hours yoga training, the alliance, yoga alliance and all of that. And so funny, I went to my first client, the newspaper. My first client is a kindergarten in Miami. So I went to the owner to say, okay, I'm leaving the newspaper because I'm going to start my, my yoga practice and I want to work with children because of the music and my fascination. And I, I have a lot of experience working with, with different ages. So she said to me, the owner, go upstairs. My daughter is starting a program with the Children Trust. This is federal money for yoga, federal <laughs> government money. For yoga, they looking for a yoga teacher for after school. And next day, while I was doing my teacher training, she sent me to two different areas. Overtown, where it's like a very, it was, now it's much better, but it was very uh, violent African-American area. And I was there with my yoga music. And she sent me to Hialeah, which is um, Cuban, like just arrived people from Cuba, no knowing a word of English. So by the universe, I was doing three times a week teaching the African-American community and the Cuban community in different areas of Miami, paid by the, by the federal government. Wow, that happened quickly I, too. <laughs> yes, I was, I, it was meant to be, really. And I said that to every person that wants to start a practice, a kids yoga practice. It's going to happen. And if you have the passion and if you learn and if you prepare yourself, it's going to be, it's, it's there for you. The, the world is waiting for kids yoga teachers. We are like light in the world. You guys are light in the world. And my first class, I went to this African-American setting, which they told me by 4 p.m. you have to be out of the area. It was very dangerous. And I was going to these uh, Cuban schools where not even the teachers speak English. And I brought my flutes. And I, in a second, I, I noticed that I don't have to even say a word if I play the flute. And that was the beginning of the music. And I said, oh, so this is it. The music is everything for the movement, for the poses, for the breathing. 
and I start bringing money instruments, and then I was I start looking for music, and I I was not able to find anything that really catches what I want to express. And doing the classes, everything was a little bit like hectic, fast, too loud, or too or too devotional. Also, beautiful, but not for the populations that I was working with. And then I said, well, we need to create music. There's nothing in Spanish was nothing, nothing. So tell me, what came first? Was it the idea to make the music or was it your company, Yomu? Or was that coming like all together? Well, in the beginning, I called this yoga music and I created mm-hmm. the brand and I opened the company in 2008, uh, in the beginning of 2008. And in like, in a matter of six months, I was, it was exploding. It was, I was non-stop teaching. Everybody wants yoga music. Because what? Because it's live music with the yoga component. And then I said, okay, but first of all, at one point I needed teachers. I needed teachers who were able to, to teach the same way I was teaching. And I need to put, I said, oh, I need to put a training here. I need people that I can start like giving uh, classes to them. And, and also at the same time, I said, okay, there's no books in Spanish and there's no music for yoga in Spanish. Nothing, nothing. Still now, I think I'm the only one doing in Spanish original. There's a lot of people doing translations and there's wonderful music, of course. Um, nowadays there's more, of course, but, uh, at that moment, it was, and so I said, okay, I'm on, I start writing my first book, the discover everything that you know, discover todo lo que sabes, it's a mindfulness. So I published the book in 2011 and at the same time I start working with my musical director. She's in Argentina. I grew up with her. She's like my sister. And that was 2008, 2009, and I was, we started creating a, a, an album via, no, Zoom, Skype. We started using the Skype in 2008. Like well, you were way ahead of your time. <laughs> it's funny. So for six months, we get together via Skype twice a, twice a week at night, and I was writing the songs, creating the music. She was collaborating with me and then I, I flew to South America to my town to my town, Cordoba. So we worked for a couple of weeks. We found the musicians and we recorded in 2010 the first album. And it was like nothing before. And in a matter of weeks, every teacher in regular schools were using the music. And then I said, this is not for yoga teachers. This is for everybody. Because it was such a need of songs that promote breathing, looking at your eyes in Spanish or in English, no Sanskrit, no, no devotional. You know what I mean? It, I love, right. I love devotional. But for this, especially Latin America, South America, it's a, like 90% of the population is deep Catholic. 
And even now, I avoid to say om, namaste, everything, because they feel uh, that I'm threatening them. And this is not what we want to do. We want to, to create this engagement and love and, and understanding. So I said, I, I need to talk in your language. You don't have to, to repeat something that you don't feel and that you feel is, is, not, is against your religion too. And right. so, so that was, I think is part of the success of the thing is that there's, there's, uh, there's things in Sanskrit and mantras, of course there is, but most of the, of the content is, is pure Spanish and, and like the language of the people, the regular people use it. Yeah. I think what's interesting is that, so yoga means union and it's about mm -hmm. connecting with each other. So if it's presented in a way where it's this, it's in Sanskrit and you don't necessarily know what you're saying and you're, and if you're Catholic, I can see, you know, I grew up Catholic, I understand that. And even just culturally saying this is a threat, then obviously mm -hmm. you're not going to get through or the interest of people, but then to meet people where they are and to say mm -hmm. in, like you're saying, and to, for it to be in Spanish and for you to take out any of those words um, that might throw people off. I think once people find yoga, then they tend to go deeper and deeper and deeper. And then they want to know about mm -hmm. namaste. They want to know about mm -hmm. om, but to leave, it's like you, it's like you were able to open that doorway for them and make it more inviting. And, and also I'm, I'm saying in all my trainings, I'm training hundreds and hundreds of people every, every year. And I'm going to talk to you. I'm going to tell you about Yomun after that, but, but it's yeah. also the, the very, it's like two words that we really don't practice is common sense. Use mm. your common sense. You know, if you go into a Catholic school, you don't need to start talking about Ganesh and, you know, use your common sense. Bring, bring like this, this, the, the things that uh, unite the people, you know? Mm. So if I believe in Buddha, I'm a Buddha Buddhist practitioner, and I'm a Sufi, and I practice, of course, I know all the Hindu, all the mantras of, of the world. I know every, everything, the, the, the Buddhist mantras, the yoga mantras, the Hindu, the, the Gurmukhi mantras, I know that. But what is my point? If I go to a Catholic school in Miami, in Hialeah, and I bring this. It's like, it's, it's like there's no common sense on my side. It's different if you have a yoga studio and a parent send a kid to a yoga studio. This is a complete different story. But if you are working at schools and you're doing mindfulness, so you want to be really like, what I say is, I don't have the truth. I don't own the truth. This is what I believe, but you believe in Jesus Christ and it's fantastic. And we need to, to find a common language that unites instead of like create uh, aversion. You know? Yes, right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, tell and, me and about Yomu then. 
I okay, so hear about how that came about. <laughs> well, so <laughs> I started creating the albums, and then there was like five albums, hundred and something songs, three books, and I was going around, especially Latin America, training, training people. I put together the training, level one, level two. I keep training myself. So that's another very important thing to, to transmit. Uh, never stop learning and training and practicing. I'm always looking for good teachers. Um, so, and now with Zoom and everything, it's a great, there's great, great, really amazing opportunities to be with teachers that you're never going to have the chance to see in person. And it's, it's really good. So the thing was growing so much, like six, five, six years ago, I started like asking the universe for partners, business partners, because I needed help. Um, I don't have a big budget. I am like nonstop. There's um, for 10 years, I one, one week I count all the hits, but for 10 years, I've been seeing around 450 kids a week myself. It's a lot of kids. (laughs) That's a lot of kids. A lot of kids. Because I was going from one school to the other to the other, and then I have money and me, and the classes were packed. And so the moms want more, and they create more classes, and they want me for birthdays and events and special occasions so it was all and the hotels were calling me for family classes which is something that I want to to recommend not a lot of people are offering family family yoga mm-hmm. I think this is so beautiful I don't have time to do it now but I would to every young new kids yoga teacher I said go with families open a class for everyone for all ages, even even the dogs and the cats, bring everybody, <laughs> bring bring everybody to the classes. It's so fantastic. It's fantastic. So it is so beautiful. And so the thing were growing so much. So I was doing six weeks, six classes in a in a garden in Miami Beach, and there was a very like cool moms there. And there was one mom that I never met before with a beautiful boy, blah, blah, blah. And three of the classes, the dad show up. And it was interesting. Um, in mid-morning, a dad coming with the kid. It was kind of interesting. And at the end of the sixth uh, class, last of the session, she approaches me and she said, look, you have here, I never seen something like that because I brought incredible instruments like ethnic instruments and I let them touch everything mm-hmm. and she said are you alone with that we have a they have a, a small like boutique uh, marketing company and they asked me they said we would love to work with you and after like we will start talking and then we partner and they are my partners for the last five years and um, and that's how Yomu was born, from yoga and music, Yomu. And um, so we recreate yoga music in a different concept 
and um, and Yomu was born, and um, and from then on we we keep like training and creating more. And I just finished a fourth book that I'm I'm looking for a publisher actually for the book. It's a ritual book for family, seventy seven rituals for family. Mm. Super cool. It's gonna be in English too, and. Um, and I finished a couple of songs. We're launching a new song in December for the end of the year. Um, more programs are coming and things. But that's a, that's the origin of Yomu. It's kind of a, a growth of yoga music. Right. And so <laughs> how did that, how did this all change when the pandemic started? Like how did, you, I know, were you still teaching a ton when it started? Um, and, and then how have you pivoted your business during this time? No, when I partnered with them, with Luzman and Enrique, um, it was the end. I was at the end of teaching like crazy because I already, I was already like training teachers. So I already had teachers covering South, South Florida, like most, most of the school of Miami Beach are my schools, they're doing Yomu. And we managed during all of these years to do something really interesting. It's like having yoga as a part of the curriculum in few schools. It's not the after school, it's not extracurricular, it is part of the curriculum. And mm-hmm. for me, this is a big, big uh, like con- conquest, you know, it's like amazing. And I started on 2007, 2008 with the Children Trust, and they're still our clients. So that's another thing that takes time, patience, and you have to be impeccable to build up a reputation that people want you, people keep calling you. For me, having schools for the last 13, 14 years, same clients, is really amazing, really amazing. But at that point, like five years ago, I stopped going crazy, teaching, 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 because I was traveling also. I've been teaching already in Mexico, Peru, Argentina, uh, in the United States. I've been doing trainings in Houston, in Miami. Um, So at that point, the te- my, my team were doing classes. I partnered with Luz, Ma- Luz Maria Vélez and Enrique Failache. They are um, they're married, and she has a strong background of marketing, and he is a complete genius of uh, like graphic design. He's an artist. So it was really interesting, the partnership, because I am, crea- I am the one creating the content, but we need a marketing person and we need a, like a visionary, like a visual person. So mm-hmm. it was very, very interesting, the three people working. And, um, and with the pandemic, we have all these uh, travels. I was like having all these trips once a month to different countries. For training, I, I was like having 120 people for training for a weekend and also online, blah, blah, blah. And when the pandemic 
arrived, we really see, okay, we cannot travel. We're not going to do this in person anymore for now. And we said, okay, let's launch our first online, 100% online certification, seven weeks. And uh, Luzma, my partner, she is very bright. So I found a, like somebody that really can work with me on the same uh, like amount of create creativity and and the input. Um, so we put together the seven weeks training because Yomu has five pillars. It's like the mindfulness pillar. Breathing, because I have an entire book for breathing techniques. Uh, neuroscience, because we work with a team of specialists also. So neuroscience is a big chunk. Emotional intelligence and the music. So the training is seven weeks with all these pillars and how to teach Yomu and how to do these classes. And and it was really, really fascinating, the process. and how we adapt, how everybody adapt, how people really find uh, the togetherness even through the, through the screen. Right. So did you, you, have you done the online trainings now since it began? Yeah. And how, how have those gone? Very, very good. Mm-hmm. So we did seven weeks starting in June and now we finishing the, we do, we ran two trainings in 2020, so it's 14 weeks in total with different two different groups. In the first training, we have 120 people assisting from 16 countries. Wow, you have, yeah. <laughs> you have such a reach in everything you do. You're just reaching hundreds and hundreds of people. Yeah, but but let me tell you that there's there's something very interesting here that is Spanish. Because in the Anglo world, the yoga for like the United States and and England they, and, and even the Asia, there's a lot and it's a long tradition of kids yoga. In Latin America, there is nothing. Zero. Mm. Still now, there is there is kids yoga teachers uh, kidding around and rainbow kids. Are having were having trainings, but the founders of these systems are not Hispanic. You know what I mean, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that makes the things cultural. So I trained with Gopala for for uh, Rainbow Kid in Miami long, long time ago. I think that was the last training he he himself in person did for Rainbow Kids Yoga. Uh, but I, in Latin America, he has like uh, teachers that are fantastic, but it's not him. You know, the founder cannot speak the language, and it's, it's something very interesting. Mm. And um, and I think part of the success is because we are working with a population that doesn't have. There's nothing still now. It's surprising. But still now, and we, we do a lot in Colombia, Mexico, Argentina, Peru, and it's still, for music, we are the only ones with music in Spanish. For, for you movement. Are, you're, you're pioneers. You're, you're setting yeah. the, 
the path yeah. for that. And it is surprising yeah, yeah. there's not more, but that's yeah. something, it's just something interesting. It made me think of for anyone listening who's mm-hmm. new to kids yoga and, and yeah. doesn't know where to start, look for those gaps where, where yes. there's nothing. And that's why yes. I started this podcast. I was like, yes. why aren't there more yes. kids yoga podcasts? Why, yes. you know, and it's, if you notice that, why isn't there family yoga? Why isn't there yes. whatever it may be and start mm-hmm. there. Yeah, start there, never give up. And if you want my advice, never uh, feel bad when you have one people attending your class or one family because you never know who they are, never. And if you do your best, you perform your, your like with your heart and and your knowledge and your passion and you sh- you never know because... The schools that were open to me, I never went to school to offer my classes. The schools were coming to me because I started doing family classes. No, still now, there's nobody in South Florida doing family time. No, because it's harder, you know, it's easy yeah, to have, yeah, you have a, tar- like, like, like a target or or a segment, you work with kids three to five or older, or you work with adults, but the family is more challenging. It's so wonderful. I love it too. I love it too. It's like, yeah, it's um, just seeing everyone in the room, no matter their age or who they are as equal and you're all practicing together. And it is challenging. I do think it takes a certain level of just experience or, you know, um, but I agree with you. That's it's. Uh, yeah. that's but but never, never never feel uh, upset or depressed if your classes are not filling and you are like, you know, four six months and you have one two families because these two families for me, these families were in love with my classes. What they do, they go to schools where the kids are go attending and they talk mm. to the principal and they say, look. I'm attending on Sundays this amazing kids yoga class or family class. I want this person in my in the school. So the parents and the power of one mom, it's so huge. One mom that really likes your class hmm. can open the world for you. It's so true. And I've been there. I've been teaching so many years that I've been in plenty of situations where it's one kid, nobody Mm -hmm. comes, maybe. And then you're like, oh, no. And then, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, you just, like you said, you never know. And it's taking whoever does show up and just, like you said, giving it your all, giving your heart. And and what I say always, and this is a very good advice, always sustain your vision. Because if you uh, give up, um, you're not trustable. So you have to show up. Show up for, for the classes. Show up for your life. Be on time. Uh, I, it happens to me that some schools calls me after the kids yoga teacher that they used to have didn't show up or was always late. You know? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. sometimes with Two good ideas, practice, very two nice songs, and you are on time and you're ready. That's all what you need to be su- successful. 
and mm. um, and it's, I think now there's much more opening for kids yoga everywhere. It's a very good time. Yes, yes. Yeah. I completely agree. I've been talking to people from all over the world now, and it's mm. like just there's seeds everywhere, and it's in yes. various phases wherever you are. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's really spreading all over. It's like you said. It's um, I love how you said the kids yoga teachers are are bringing the light, and the world's waiting for kids yoga teachers. I love that so much. Totally. Yes. 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 And but you have to be like true to yourself, not copy anybody learn, practice, practice, practice. I just came from a class before sitting down with you. You have to go and practice and, um, and, and learn. Take classes, invest your, your time and money in, in like learn and in taking like trainings with other, with other teachers, with other styles. Uh, with other things that interested you, because maybe you, you you love cooking, and you can do a lot mixing this. I don't like cooking; I like playing music. Right, and you bring that in. <laughs> bring exactly bring that your unique perspective on it yeah. in. Well, I I typically end with asking for <laughs> a, a kid's yoga gem, which is a piece of advice. But I feel like you gave yeah. like a lot of really good advice. Uh, but is there is there anything? else if you if someone said to you I just started teaching kids yoga like what's your one little gem of advice what would that be create your intention your motivation be super super clear about your motivation for each before each class create your motivation practice have the materials on hand be on time be clean in in general and then rejoice celebrate because you are spreading light to the world. The world needs you. The world is waiting, especially in these dark, dark times. Each kid's yoga teacher is, like, is, is a beam of light. So, but the intention, motivation is really important for everything. And rejoice. And, and like get my music. <laughs> that Hermia, Cynthia, you are a bright light. It's, I... I'm so inspired talking to you and I've loved our conversation. Um, I'd love for everyone to find your music. So can you tell us where can people find you? Where can they find your music? Everything is in yomu.love. If you go to Spotify, iTunes, Deezer, you put yomu, Y-O-M-U dot love, L-O-V-E. Social media, yomu.love for Instagram and Facebook and uh, YouTube and the website and my in my uh, Instagram I do a lot Cynthia Zach Official with double F um, Zach is Z-A-K Cynthia Zach Official and I'm launching the ritual books and I'm launching a program that is going to be bilingual I want to do it in English too uh, for Ignite Your Heart like a, like a, a spiritual journey of techniques and um and tools to ignite your your passion your heart and also we launching a very cool program that is going to be in english too is mindful home yomu it's 20 lessons to use in at home for if you you have a homeschool or pod 
Um, so there's a lot, a lot of things are coming up. Everything is bilingual. There's a lot of songs in English, most of them. And um, a lot of affirmations and meditations. It's very beautiful. So wonderful. It's been a, an absolute pleasure talking to you. I feel like you have to write a memoir about your life because <laughs> it's fascinating, <laughs> your whole journey that you've had. Um, so just thank you so much for the work you do and thank you for taking the time to talk to me. Yeah, it was awesome. Thank you for the invitation. I think we should talk. Talk is so yes. another thing. Talk is a very good advice. Let's talk. Uh, let's communicate. This is the time for synergy. This is not competition time. It's over. Competition is over. <laughs> Goodbye. This is a time yeah. for synergy. Yeah, it's like if you have a little class and I have a little class, why don't you get together? Let's get together and create a bigger class. And, right. and share ideas. Share ideas and things and and uh, let's create like a Zoom meeting with all the kids yoga teachers where we can share and I have like I have a um I think like a bookstore and and a toy store in my house, literally, of things that I collect and I we use for classes in a in a creative way. Like I can teach you how to be how to do a music class without being a musician. How to use mm. your palms, your clapping hands to lead a 30 minute class, just clapping for different poses. It's so fascinating. Mm. Yeah. Well, like you said, I've been I've been loving this community that's growing from the podcast, and I've been dreaming of um, creating kind of that kind of community for kids yoga teachers, group care for everybody, so that we're a place to connect and to share ideas, to share problems, and to support each other. Just like you said, I, I say it all the time: like there's no place for competition in, in kids yoga. This is all, this is about getting yoga to as many kids as possible. So let's yeah. support each other. And let's yeah. keep talking. Yes, I'm here in Miami Beach. But thank you, thank you. Thank you, and take care. Hey, everyone. I wanted to end this week's episode a little differently by playing you one of Cynthia's beautiful songs. I played this for both of my children, and they were kind of entranced by it. So here it is. happy and peaceful. Use both hands and touch each finger. Are you ready?
Bye. Bye.